Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. And we're on. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is episode two of our March 10th recording. Take one. Take one. Greetings, I everyone. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. I'm, I know that we're feeling old. I should have said take five. What is take five? Well, just, I mean, like, it would have been kind of it would have been funnier because then people would have been like, oh my gosh, they had to do that five times. Ah. Well, you see, we you see comedy, you sometimes multiple. you have to, you have to, you know, play around with the words. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have, I don't have a wit. What do you think of that? I know you're, you're like super wit. I, I had to be, I had to be quick with the tongue because I was not quick with the legs. Oh, I see. Yeah. I was... I don't know. You were fast. I'm not quick with much. I can be fast. I played Little League. I was catcher. And I think I ruined my knees for life. Hmm. I don't know that I was terribly good either. For life? Well, I don't have good knees. Okay, well. Should I blame that? I am also not very flexible. Here's here's one where I'm feeling the age. Yes. Okay, in the last three weeks or so, I have this twitch in my eye lid. Yes. Eyebrow. Yeah. And I've had this before. It's very rare, but when um, stress is piled up. Yep. And I looked it up, and it says this comes from eye irritation. Could be uh, coffee. Could be alcohol. Could be not sleeping and stress. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm diagnosing these things. Coffee. Mm, I'm keeping it down, but maybe that. Drinking, not really doing that these days. Sleeping well, thanks be to God. And then I think it's the eye irritation. So here, here's my theory. It's like I've been hand sanitizing and then putting my glasses down Yeah. to distribute communion. And then I'll hand sanitize and put my glasses back on. Mm. And I think the sanitizer is getting right next to my eye and then the fumes yeah. are irritating my eye. How do, you, how do you feel about that theory? So I'm not wearing my glasses for a while. Okay. Can't see real good, but I don't have the eye twitch. Well, I think that's a helpful thing. I I have accidentally consumed, you know that little globule that's on the end of the hand sanitizer? Oh, I don't thing? like that guy. Yeah, and then every once in a while, like that gets on your hands and sometimes gets into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. So how, th- do you, how do you end up eating this? This is what I think happens is um, I I hand sanitize after I receive communion, after I receive communion, and then uh, later when I come back to uh, do the uh, purification of the chalice, I think that that, that little residue... It's not uh, the big globule, the big booger thing. Like a particle. Yeah, is like on there. So then whenever I pour it into the chalice, then I got to consume it. And then every once in a while, you get that like strong alcohol, uh, plasticky taste. And I'm like, Lord, I love you, but come on. Yeah, that's not... Come on. That's that's a sacrifice the Catholic people are making right now. When I distribute communion, I'm sure a couple of people get the really... Sanitizy taste. Yeah. I used to sit in the front row of uh, Mrs. Bullock's class, and she would always lick her uh, finger to distribute papers. 
Oh boy. And then eventually I got enough uh large saliva thumbprints on my on my um uh, on my page that I moved to the back. <laughs> That's one I solution. just said I'm I'm moving to the I'm back. I'm not now. doing this no yeah, more. I'm done. That's a lot of saliva on the thumb. She would not lick the tip of her tongue, the tip of her tongue. She would like almost touch her tongue to the middle of her tongue. Yeah. And then and then distribute papers and I was like, "No." Oh boy. Maybe she didn't do that that often. Mrs. Bullock, if you're listening, um I I don't know if you did that just once, but you're still cool. Good teacher. She's a good teacher. I don't know, I'm just presuming, but you've been taught well. I mean, you're brilliant, so. Uh, what about so do you did you pick up that habit of that do you turn pages like that? Um you know, privately, yes. Um, but whenever I'm in front of people, no. What I do is sometimes, I mean, granted, in the era of COVID, I don't do this as often, but you just blow on the pages. Oh. Just blow on the pages and they'll come apart. Brilliant. So Life hack. Life hack. Library hack. But COVID, yeah. I mean, we should probably be aware of that. Well, I can tell you about a book. How do you like that as a segue into the topic? Yes. No, that that was that was a pretty that was a pretty quick pretty quick show. That's like, hey, I'm 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 coming up on my exit and we're exiting. <laughs> that was yeah, unplanned. Have you ever ridden a Segway? Have I ever ridden a Segway? Yeah. No. As long as we're talking Segway. All right. Father John used to think that I was gonna like leave the seminary and go to Rome and be the the guy that led, you know, those Segway tours. Segway tours. With those boom boxes on them. I you you have the personality for it. What I couldn't do was that everyone has to wear one of those like very reflective vests. Yes. As if they were construction workers when you're just a tourist going on the Segway mm-hmm. tour. And you you have to kind of like honk your way through the crowds. It's a very slow tour. You would think it's a quick tour on a Segway. No way. There's too many crowds in Rome. Yeah. Here's a book for you. Target Africa. Ideological Neocolonialism of the 21st Century. Okay. By Obianuju Ekeocha. Okay. Obianuju. All right. So it is Women's History Month, the month of March. Oh. And March 8th, which has just passed, was International Women's Day. Yes. International Women's Day. That's it. That's important. Shout out to all international women. That's right. That's right. There's women all around the world. Yes. Here is an excellent one that I have recently been following. and An excellent woman? An excellent woman. Okay. Yes. Obianuju Ekeocha. I'm, I don't know if I'm doing you know justice to the name. Understood. Yes. However. She is an international woman. She's a very international woman. She's an African woman who is highlighting and, and trying to... Um, make people aware of the problem of colonial of ideological colonialism okay okay and i'll try to help sort of flesh out what that means and what that looks like but the reason that i'm following her and i'm so interested in it um, in part is because pope francis for the last few years has been uh condemning this Idea, this this thing that he's calling ideological colonialism, right? He's saying that there is has been a colonialization in the past that we regret, 
and that we are um, sort of repenting of and trying to um, change. This, this, well, I, we've, we largely have changed. The, the world has changed from its colonial times um, in large part. But there's a new kind of uh, imperialism or colonialism that is uh, spreading throughout the world that is a cause of concern. So this has been part of the, the popular discussion about international politics and international relations and I think is very relevant to, um, to life for everyone in the world. And um, Catholics in particular should be educated about what's going on in the world and um, also relevant in particular to women as far as Obia Nuju is Concerned. How do you define any ideological colonialism? That's what we got to start with. Okay, can you just define colonialism for me? Colonialism. Why don't you start? Do I you know. No, I. I mean, I took political science, but I, okay. it doesn't really doesn't really ring a bell. I mean, so yeah, go ahead. I mean, the colonies. Okay, yeah, that's the it. colonies of like say England or France was where they exported their way of life um, to these other nations, even though those other nations had their own way of life, and it just became the norm that you are subsumed under the, whatever, the, the flag or the, um, the empire of this nation european nations european nations yeah okay so there's a lot of a lot of uh western africa is french colonial okay there was british colonies in other parts of africa um india was a british colony right right um hong kong there are some that are still part of what's called the commonwealth um like canada and australia um but the idea so those are yeah british colonies there were uh, French colonies, Dutch, Portuguese, Portuguese, Spanish, Spanish, right? So a lot of the the European nations. Um, th- this is kind of the, the okay. I'll, I'll present it in the the negative. The reason that we would kind of regret this as a part of history, yes, is that it's condescending. They took a look at the world and said there are civilized places and there are uncivilized places. Okay, we need to civilize the uncivilized world. Understood. So we're going to go to um, far reaches of the world, travel throughout the world, and then make them part of an empire that belongs to Great Britain or Spain or Portugal, what, what have you. You know, these, these uh, European cultures and countries are going to export their culture and um, really impose it on other places under the pretext of the uh, idea of civilizing people mm-hmm. because they have something good to offer. They have a superior culture and they have a superior way of thinking, a superior way of relating, and they're going to uh, promote that elsewhere. Sometimes that was also like a superior way of running an economy. And so it's going to help to make people flourish economically elsewhere, but also add what they were uh, we're saying is a, a point of sophistication, you know, civilization. You know, get people to um, have more order in society and um, follow the kind of ways of life that are conducive to 
what was considered the most prosperous um, economies, politics, nations. Now, it also is a way of, uh, there was kind of a race for, imperialism means spreading your empire. Yes. So these countries, meanwhile, are saying, we're going to try to grab land and make it part of our sort of land base to spread our own economy, our own society, and our trading routes and such. And um, so the reason, well, the reasons are, are, are numerous why this is embarrassing at this point and why we're um, against it generally. And um, that's mostly because it's condescending and disrespectful to local cultures. Mm-hmm. You're saying, we know better than you you're uncivilized people, and we're going to tell you how to, to organize your society and the ways to, um, the ways to operate in order to be, well, maybe, what, modern? Um, but not even that. It's just, like, to be, um, what, polite, um, gentle is a word we use, gentility, um, organized, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's condescending. It's imposing culture. It's mm-hmm. disrespecting local cultures. And it often caused a great deal of conflict. And um, more recently in history, over the last 50 years, even up to our, um, our recent times, most of these countries and peoples are trying to shake the European colonial identities and power structures and take back their own countries. Right, but that comes at the cost of a great deal of war, of civil unrest, of suffering for a lot of people. Right, so this has been the history of really the last 200, 300 years, hmm. and um, has been a very big part of the world's story. You know, we you might learn history of you know the Second World War, European countries battling each other. You might learn about various countries abroad, but part, part of the whole sweep of history is this reality of colonialism that is being reversed and undone. And a lot of those, a lot of those places are sort of trying to define their own identity in the wake of this colonial reality because it's, it's affected people in a way that um, is both good and bad, Right. India has um, English as a regular language that allows them to interact with the, the rest of the world, the English-speaking world, which is good for global trade and such relations. Um, they got cricket, and cricket's cool. True. Uh, re- you know, relatively. And, um, and there's a lot of you know, benefits to having the support of an already prosperous e- economic power. And... So these these things have been built into the the local cultures, and they're not they're not necessarily something you can totally get rid of, or you necessarily want to get rid of. But people want their their own culture like celebrated and uh, lived, you know, locally. So um, one thing Pope Francis has done has been to apologize on behalf of Catholic nations for colonialization. Hmm. And um, I think it's right, you know, these things are complicated. I think it does take some empathy knowing where people were at at the time and the sort of 
pressures of the time relativize to a certain extent the uh, criticisms we have now. Things change in hindsight, right? So it's like we can look back and say, well, this is right, this is wrong, shouldn't have done this in a different way from this perspective of history than at the time. Mm -hmm. So we want to be a little sympathetic toward that, but also just say, okay, there's the past is the past. We can learn from things and we want to change them, right? We don't want the same attitude of imperialism. Like one nation knows everything and should, you know, uh, force others to have the same kind of culture. Okay. I understand. Imperialism is the spread of, uh, empire. Em empire and colonialization is to take someone else's you know uh, local place and um, impose a new whatever identity turn it into a an extension of another country rather than its own yes respected country i understand okay. that all right political science i have some uh, i have some unrest about this just because we had to read guns germs and steel in um, a class called Globalization um, in, in college. And uh, reading that book by Jared Diamond, uh, it's all about how war, like disease and industry have really powered like all of the advance of like where we've gone, you know, in terms of seeking more resources and seeking those more resources we uh, you know, eventually get into conflict that brings, you know, disease to these places. And then we have to find other places. And so that's the the narrative of sorts. And then very, a very small portion of that book is dedicated to missionary efforts. Yeah. And it's also like the reason why we went to some of these places was to bring the gospel. Yes, in some ways we describe them as savage people. Um, and some of their practices, knowing nothing more than what they knew, would be considered savage in our modern understanding. But we could say, well, that's just part of their culture. Um, and I, I, that's part of the ways in which I'm like, well, what was the good of bringing the gospel to these places, and how do we separate the gospel from Western civilization or Western ideology, you know, and that's where that's where it's like, well, if Pope Francis wants to apologize to these places for colonization. You know, I I think we could certainly, you know, take a take a step back and see how that disaffected persons. Where is the where is the the rightful appreciation of what hopefully some persons were intending on doing? You know, like Unipero, Sarah, and yes. uh, these others. So that's where I'm like, I'm following you. I yeah. have I have my own kind of hey, fears. Look, I like this. I like because it's complicated, right? And it is good. I th I want Catholics to be able to dialogue with the rest of the world. This is very important um, kind of material for interpreting history and where we are at right now as nations. And it is controversial. I mean, I wouldn't say. There are there are ways of looking at this that are very um, positive, and there's ways that are very negative. And you bring up a very very important point, which is, well, one you used a word that I'm not sure I I want to. We exported, we colonized for the sake of dot dot dot. I you got to be careful about that 
because to identify too strongly with, you know, the the history of European society is I don't think necessarily what we want to do as a Catholic church or Christianity, right? Um, in part, these a lot of these were Christian nations. Yes. And there were lots of people who were trying to spread the gospel and didn't have any interest in um, the money and the power. You know, they, but their, in, their in, intentions can be called into question by people who are skeptical about that. So uh, Francis Xavier, was he trying to, um, to turn everybody into um, Spain or Portugal? No, no. He wanted to bring the message of Jesus Christ to people who hadn't heard it, mm-hmm. right? The gospel. That's Jesus' invitation. And this gets complicated where it comes to evangelization. Yeah. But I one thing I like to recommend is reading or, or watching The Mission. We you just remember? watched that yeah. two days ago or Monday. That, because I think it's fair to the tension. Yeah, because I watched it recent when I watched it recently, the line that struck out to me most was when the bishop goes to the village and he says, Tell them that the king says this. And the guy says to him, translates for him to the the tribal leader, like the king says that you must do it. And he says, I am a king. And go tell that king that this king isn't, you know. And and to me it was like, yeah, like you are sovereign. Like in, in that place, who's to say that somebody else can come in there and say you can no longer live in your village because we are now going to live we are now going to take this over. So yeah. I think there are Catholic social principles that we have to pay attention to. Um, I also I also think that you can say that the Franciscans weren't interested in money or power, but the Franciscans needed those ships to go to some of those places in order to get over there. There's no Franciscan navy. There's no Franciscan merchant ships that they could, you know, travel on. So it's, again, like, I, I, I don't know where the proper place Yeah, well, it just has to be nuanced, right? There are some good people, there are some bad people, and they're all involved in the same And movement, some of them can even be in the right? church, right? Sure. And that you saw the tension, okay, there are people here in the name of the king, even in the name of the Christian king, who are coming and they're enslaving local peoples. They are uh, forcing them into labor to turn the trees into rubber and to export this stuff. And they are clearly there for economic gain. Mm -hmm. And they will use the pretense of even religion. Yeah. But it's not, it's not what they're doing. Yes. You know? Right. And then you have in that, in that movie, and this is real that you had the Jesuits who are making uh, these kind of communes. They're called uh, reducciones. I forget what they're called in the, the missions, right? In, in the, in the movie. And um, they are frustrated. They're fighting against their own uh, Portuguese because the, 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 these local kind of envoys are enslaving people mm-hmm. and they're treating them wrong and they're not respecting the local culture. They're not trying to promote the cause of the local people, whereas the intentions of these Christian missionaries were to help help local people, help them trade with each other, help them to um, to have that kind of networking and organization that could actually compete with this aggressive movement from from the European uh, kind of 
uh, push. So there are, it's just complicated, right? There are, there are people who are helpful and there are people who are not. Mm-hmm. You can question motives. You can, um, you have someone like Junipero Serra, who has been, who's been canonized a saint. He's a great holy missionary. And I have very little doubts that his intentions were right. He was trying to spread the gospel. He was trying to help local people. Mm-hmm. And then because he is bringing Spanish culture in ways um, up the coast of California, he's been also demonized as one of these colonial figures, yep, right. you know, a, a representative of imperialism, brainwashed by his own religion, uh, thinking that he's helping people when in fact he's you know oppressing them or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay, so there's there's big ways of like, how do you understand history? And you brought that up. Is it motivated by desire for gain and competition between nations for uh, for wealth? That we could talk about a, a Marxist reading of history. That I think that really comes down to this this question of all of history is driven by haves and haves nots, and the oppressed and the oppressors. And a lot of the universities right now, as certainly in America, but I think everywhere really are promoting that kind of history. This is what defines history, mm-hmm. competition between peoples who have power and who don't have power. I don't think that's the right way to look at history. I don't think it's helpful. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's very destructive. And it, and it happens at every level. Okay, so it's been a popular um, liberal concern to pay attention to colonialism and make that a point of the concern for our time. Like what is, what is ethical for our contemporary age? It's for us to repent of this colonialism and fix everything. And so I think the Pope is, is recognizing that there is some good to that, to recognize, okay, we, we have to move on. Sure. You know, we don't want to do this anymore. And we want to be sensitive to how to have people interact in a way that's respectful of each other's um, unique cultures and such. Okay. So because it's a cause of the liberals, this has been kind of something that I think most Catholics in my world have avoided thinking about a whole lot. That belongs to that tribe. I don't like their rhetoric and everything. So this is here. This is where I like that our girl. Hold on. I actually have to always look up her name. Obi Anuju is is taking that that kind of rhetoric across the aisle and engaging with a serious problem that should be the concern of every Catholic called ideological colonialism. Okay, so here's where it gets it gets sticky uh, in our time. One of the things that's happening that she she brings up is that the okay, we don't have countries planting their flag on the turf of someone else Mm. and saying, we will bring in our own rulers and they're going to rule your government, right? But we do have people planting their ideas and forcing local peoples to adopt their ideas. And it comes in in the form of uh, world uh, financial assistance and aid. Mm. So Mm. what happens is, there are developing nations like, for example, we'll use Africa because she talks about Africa, where the people are in need of aid. The pe- there are villages that need um, to make uh, wells with clean water, and they need new farm equipment in order to um, 
make farming more efficient or they need to have um, it will help them to have money to give to small businesses to produce an economy and to develop an economy right they need help and the western countries do this we're willing to help you we have the we have the money to help you yes we want to help you we want to help you but it comes with a condition that you are going to adopt our values and our ideas so one of the examples she gives is how in um this was a number of years ago but kenya was was writing its own constitution it had recently kind of come into democracy and was developing its its constitution and one of the things they wrote into their constitution was um that there they will protect the life of anyone who's born in kenya there's um there's a freedom to life and that life is defined from conception that a human being will be protected from conception until death yes it's written into their constitution planned parenthood way over in america says we don't like this so we're going to pressure the um secretary of state hillary clinton to go intervene in kenya to say you have to strike that from your constitution and with the implied pressure of you will not get aid from america if you write your own constitution right wow okay how can there be more imperialism how can there be more forced value and culture on a people than we will write your constitution for you you're too stupid to write your own constitution you don't know what's good for you you don't know your own values and if your people say we as a whole people want to write this into our own laws you're not allowed to do that or you're on your own you get no help from anybody else sure because we know better so that's ideological colonization which is without a without a shot being fired Mm-hmm. Without being a shot being fired, you just change the course of a whole culture and in some ways enslave them even more than if you planted your flag. Yeah, and it, make them compromise in a way that is yeah. really changing their own culture. And that's what she's bringing attention to. She says, in our countries, in our cultures, we value motherhood. This is a huge value to our societies. And if in the West... You want to consider motherhood sort of a when I'm when I'm done living real life, you know, the freedom of career, the freedom of being young, all of these things. It's a value among many. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There. This is like of supreme value. This is part of the very identity of a woman in a way that they want to hold on to these cultural values Mm -hmm. and they have a sense of how to define those. And for these Western powers to come in there and tell them you know you have to do this or that and it that's one issue of many she happens to be um an advocate for um like a respect life movement Mm -hmm. uh, leader in africa um but i i think the point holds more even more broadly because it affects all kinds of political issues and values and it's happening not only in kenya but everywhere around the world, right? Yeah, wherever the the people are saying um, we could use help, the help is coming with the condition from the Western world yes. saying, as long as you adopt our values. It's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yep, yep. I mean, these 
major uh, philanthropic forces also have an ideological base to them. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very dangerous, very dangerous. And I'm, I'm glad that somebody much smarter than any of us are, is, is pointing to that. And it sounds like she is unmasking uh, certain forces that are going on and saying, this is just as unfair. And I'm, I'm glad that she's speaking up for the voiceless because we may look back on it years from now and say, that wasn't right. It wasn't right that we're, we were forcing them to, you know, to adopt that. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I, I think we should be looking at that now. I mean, I think Catholics yeah. need to be aware of what's going on and we need to be choosy about who we're throwing our money to, too. I mean, these big foundations, World Health Organization, you throw your money in there, it sounds nice. And they're going to be forcing contraception on people. Right. Not only like throwing condoms around, but forcing people's laws and their whole way of thinking, their education systems, their the whole structure of, of their culture and society. And it's a shame and it's something that we um, need to be aware of and also um, should be really like, you know, I this is where I'm, I'm very grateful for Pope Francis to say, Hey, we need to be on the lookout for this. This is sure. a huge problem. Yeah. You know, you're, you're this civilized West who knows better than everybody. Yeah. You can't be, there's an entire hypocrisy saying we are ashamed of colonizing the world. We should really be aware of that and changing right. our society. And at the same time, doing exactly that in a different way. And I think it's just going to get even worse the more we ramp up this whole gender question mm -hmm. and then forcing other countries to adopt language and rewriting uh, laws that reflect that um, and kind of looking down upon them, like how how ignorant and how savage you are that you still cling to a Christian mindset that, uh, you know, there's one man and one woman and, you know, they're made for marriage and, you know. And that you you can you can be so selfish as to exhaust the world's resources through um, through uh, you know having multiple children. It's like, come on, yeah, come on, yeah. Get the grubby hands off. Yeah. And I okay. So here's the point where it gets complicated, and I want to talk about um, kind of the principles of how to interact then, and maybe some ideals. So here's where it gets complicated. When you think of something like, well, don't we have values that are worth exporting? Um, things like democracy. What about in Myanmar, where there's a military dictatorship? Or yeah. in North Korea, where you have a dicta military dictatorship, mm -hmm. where people are oppressed, systematically oppressed, and they don't have any, um, any say you know, in their own governance? Well, I don't think... There are some people who say, well, just hands off. Everybody does their own thing. But it's kind of, at, to a, at a certain point, it's unjust. Mm -hmm. As a neighbor, in just the world we live in, we know of each other's business. It's, it's, it's a global world, and I think it's responsible to be interested in how other people are, whether or not other people are being oppressed. You know, and But if you get something like democracy, well... We think that this is the best system, and there are other places that take other options, like monarchy in Jordan, for example. And 
then you had kind of this Arab Spring thing going on where they're trying to move toward democracy, but it falls apart because they're not accustomed to it or don't really want it. Or So there, there's some of this back and forth. Um, well, what do you do? You can't, well, should we be throwing the same kind of sanctions or throwing the same kind of pressure toward these people um, or these other countries who don't take you know, our suggestion of, of democracy. Mm. And, um, we consider them to have a, a system of governance that is, uh, unjust. Then that the question is like, what do we do? You know, we, we want to, if we want to help people, are you throwing away your resources, helping a system that's already abusive or is going to abuse that help or whatever. So there are some good things that are ideas that we do want to promote. And then the question I think becomes, well, what's the most, what, what is a respectful way to promote the good things? Obviously we don't, I mean, we really have to, as a Catholic community be saying no to the, to the, the wrong things being, you know, exported and forced on people. Well, but anything forced on people, right? So I think the question ultimately becomes how do you dialogue with people and how can we move to something like um, suggesting things, educating people, Mm -hmm. um, supporting things when they've been adopted and we think that they're good, um, but not imposing things on people, even if if we're convinced that it's the best way. Well, I, I think those are really, they're really valid uh, cautions, um, and we certainly don't want to move towards. I, I don't think that. I mean, I said we again. I don't think that the church is proposing uh, a new world order that, in some way, would govern how all the rest of the world governs. That we determine the values. That this organization determines the values, and that if they don't fall under those, you know, right. I whatever, hope not. Yeah, I don't. The, th- U- the UN. Some people think that the there are interests in that, but yeah, and I don't. I don't believe so because it's like we actually do believe in the the principle of subsidiarity. That the genius of the local people, um, if you if you aid them in pursuing the goods that are proper, hopefully they get to a place where it's like, no, we we want this for ourselves. I mean, just looking at Mexico right now, it's like many of their people are suffering, not because of, of a government, but because of an underforce that is actually over the government of these, you know, series of gangs and, and yeah. violence and Cartel violence cartels. And, and so we certainly want to assist them in that, but we also don't want to take it over and say, we will, we'll determine that. Um, the but same, then there's the complication of if you if you're just throwing money here to the government, if the government is run by the wrong people, if it's corrupt, or if it has other people that are mm-hmm. controlling it, then that's mm-hmm. not going to get to the people who you want to help, right? True, and that's I mean, um, whenever I'm in doubt, I just go to Mother Teresa, and I'm like, "How did you do it? You know, like what did you do to actually create, you know, cause change?" And what she would do was uh, she would go to these world leaders and say, your people are hungry. You know, can we feed them? 
Your people are thirsty. Can we give them drink? Your people are alone. Can we comfort them? Your people um, need education, even kind of sexual education, like uh, uh, classes on natural family planning. Instead of giving them a pill or um, sterilizing them, could we actually teach them the genius that is in their own anthropology and and biology? Um, So I, I think that the... The truth is there. Um, it's just a matter of um, finding enough people who are willing to just say, I can do it on this level. Like, we want it on a macro level. We want it to just be like, you know what, America, go in there, plant the flag, kick the bad guys out, and then, you know, eventually, like, they, they figure it out. Yeah. It doesn't work. Or just insist on, it's all laws. It's all government. It's all, no. Right. That's part of mother Teresa's genius yeah like you're saying it's you know how do we how do we help people yeah actually help people the story that resonates as well is you know she went to china she always longed to go to china she always wanted to get her sisters into china they pray the prayer to the virgin of sheshan all the time to to let them into china and she went to the prime minister at the time i don't know who it was um but she said we would like to come to serve the poor in china and he said well mother Teresa." There are no poor in China. And she said, then let us, uh, let us go to those who um, are in need or who are hungry, mm. you know, because he couldn't deny that. Yeah. But, you know, to say that there aren't poor in China, it's like, you know. So, I mean, yeah. going back to that, it's like everybody talks right now about, like, we want a, an, a liberated internet for China so that they can actually see like what's going on in the world right now. They have a regulated internet. They're not able to access certain things, you know, on, on the World Wide web. Well, to me, it's like, but we are also waiting to export them gambling and pornography and, you know, vice. And it's like, why should we, why should we just say, yes, they need full access to the internet without also saying, do we have some way of regulating the internet so that it's not just anybody can get garbage on it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And who's the, who is the force or who are the, the persons that can actually help see that not everything that we want to provide them is good? Right. And so who, does, who helps them decide that? Yep. I don't know. Yep. And that's where a lot of, you know, that's... Yeah, some of the countries we're concerned because they they force political propaganda through these, you know, censorship. And there's other places that a lot of the Arab countries, they just don't want our smut. You know, don't give us your gross culture. Yeah. You know, your your pleasure and your um licentiousness. We don't want that for our culture. Right. We're we're um I don't know, we want to protect our people from the some of the real vices of um, certainly like American entertainment is a big you know is, is a popular export throughout the world and there are some countries that are like no we're not going to let anything go and I think that can be good but with the entertainment comes values you know yeah. the reason why I wanted to like be a a big shot make a lot of money date a supermodel whenever I was you know. 10 years old was because I was listening to Jay-Z, you right. know, big pimping. So it's like, 
it's not just the music like where these fuddy daddies like yeah you kids and your rock and roll (laughs) you know it's like uh no some of that conveys a a way of life yeah and that way of life is is not good and i mean for for a lot of americans they're like how dare you you know how dare you say that what we we want to give them is is better than than what they have like look at what squalor they live in it's like but you have something more because you have air conditioning and clean water right like yes i mean there are certain advantages but i don't know right and so so there is a good yeah it's i guess i just it's it's well worth discussing is like what do we what do we want to export what don't we want to export what is and what's the way to do that i wish i i just hope that this is a kind of call to the people who are not thinking about it to say how can we promote a kind of just aid and mercy throughout the world Mm -hmm. so that they would say when they say america is giving aid they will say america gives aid to the people who need it Mm. not if dot 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 right so if you need a well we're going to come and help you have a well yeah you know because your people need it because you need clean water because people are sick and there are foundations that do that but they're usually smaller and they don't control as much as the resources yeah and it might be oversimplifying because you do have to give like big aid packages that help with things like investment opportunities and small businesses and things like this. But that I just think we have to we have to be aware that these things internationally come with caveats. That America isn't just great heroes everywhere. That a lot of times we're heroes with kind of a Trojan horse. Where we're heroes if you want to take our, but same our way as, of life. Same as thoughts. Britain. Same as Britain. Oh, yeah. Same as Canada. Oh, yeah. Same as, uh, you know, France right now. Well, I, yeah. So this is the kind of the Western world. And it's yeah. part of the When you hear critique of the Western world, you know, say you're, you're hearing that from, um, well, a- any countries that wouldn't consider themselves the, the sort of European-influenced West, the... Some of that critique is okay. It's like we feel defensive a lot of times mm-hmm. in in thinking on this stuff. But some of that is okay because there is some aggression when it comes to uh, the way that we're helping and influencing other places. There is some moral corruption that's being exported that's embarrassing and sad. And we should clean up. We need to clean up our own society because it's very popular. It's very beautiful. And the values that we have are worth celebrating and a lot of people are interested in them freedom yes people want freedom um having having a certain prosperity is good uh but then if it comes with like okay here's these really gross um sinful kind of ideals or values and um and then especially the imposition of um like sinful laws and uh forced you know forced culture on on, on people who uh, otherwise have a healthy culture, you know. Got to be aware of the Raz al Ghuls of the world, if you will. Ooh. Do you know Raz al Ghul? This is in my head. He's but I don't the know. villain. He's the villain from the first uh, Batman Christopher yes, Nolan series. That's so it. He's like yeah, we, Batman begins. We we you know burned the trade ships. You know sacked Rome, put the rats on. You know the the trade ships. Whatever. Like I mean. We, when a culture gets so decadent, we burn it to the ground. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, Batman is like the one saying, like, and I'll be on the side, 
you know, to defend the people who can, who actually have their own, um, they have their own goodness. You know, I've seen it, you know, I've seen the goodness that's in there. So yeah, once again, so Batman, we're, we're in defense, yes. all good Catholics around the world. We're defending the beautiful values. Batman is Catholic folks, the gospel. Then we're with you. And thank you. Sweet. Obianuju Oacha target africa ideological neocolonialism of the 21st century target africa it's an ignatius press book and she's got lots of great um youtube clips that's where i've how been did, watching her. yeah okay i was gonna say how'd you find her yep she's that's great uh she's beautiful well-spoken woman and um you there's a lot to learn just from watching those clips but i recommend target africa for your lenten reading thanks but all you international women what was this? But don't take my word for it. But don't take my word for it. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. That's reading. All rain- international. Is that women. reading rainbow? All you women who international ooh, ooh. throw your hands up at me. Okay. That's it for me. I don't even have any shout-outs. Pick a pick a country. You know, like what? Any country? Yeah. Well, I might talk about this on my next episode, but um, in Myanmar. Just the last couple days, you got these hero nuns, Sister Anna Rose. Whoa. You can check that out on YouTube. She um, is protesting against the military government that's killing people because they are um, trying to support their elected leaders, and the military government doesn't want that. So they're killing people kind of at random. They're going after children, and the nuns went right in front of the police lines and are kneeling down, and it's amazing. Powerful. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now we are... So shout out to Sister Anna Rose, who will probably never hear this, but is probably going to die a martyr soon and is amazing. These women are amazing. We might already have martyrs in uh, Ethiopia, you know, where in Tigray they had the slaughter of the people from the Eritrean uh, forces. Uh, they, they're in they're under an, uh, a dictator in Eritrea as well. So um, there are people that stand for goodness, and there are people that are... are are doing evil and we we certainly need to keep uh in mind all the the suffering peoples because the lord hears the cry of the poor amen so. god bless you everybody have a great lent peace <laughs>